Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. I was so whipped when I got back physically and, you know, I would say mentally, mentally because trained. Of, yeah. that I took a nap for two hours. You know, I, I just couldn't have gotten out and gone to the golf course. Now, I you are out of practice. It's not like you've That's been doing right. this every... It's not like the summer season you're doing this every other week. No. And you haven't really done any big drives recently. No. But been this, afraid. Been this, uh, too much this pain. This ages you. I'm a little worried about this. What? No, like, I, I, I know the two feeling... Nap? I know the feeling you're I'm describing. 74! This is General George Washington, <laughs> and you're listening... To the Tony Kornheiser show. So I don't, I don't have any sports open really. Um, I have product open. I want to talk about products. I want everybody to join in on this. And I'm going to start. Well, should I do it this way? Should I start with the bad or should I start with the good? The bad. Oh yeah, always Lead the, bad. Start yeah. With the bad. Come on. Yeah. Okay. So the bad is this. So um, I get a catalog. I don't know, five or six days ago, from a company called the Territory Ahead. They make clothing. Uh, they make sort of hippie kind of clothing and uh, a wide range of clothing with San shoes. San Francisco chic. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. As long as you throw in for Nigel, Jerry Garcia influence <laughs> on it. Okay. okay. So sure. there's a certain tie-dyed quality to it. And I get this because years ago, I mean years ago, 10, 12 years ago, I bought something from the territory ahead. Chris, have you ever heard of the Never territory? heard of it once. Michael, have you heard? I feel like this is one of those companies I've seen on Instagram, but never seen it in real life. Well, look it up. Okay, it's uh, it's not really different than Johnny O or Peter Millar. Clothing, I mean, it's different kind it's, of clothing. Its tag is Clothing for Life's Adventures. Okay. Sounds like, it sounds like okay. it looks like the Faraday brand. Have you heard of that one? It does look a little like okay. the Faraday brand. And it's, it's, it's it, okay. I like it's it. It's got a lot of color to it. Got and a poncho. This, that, and the other thing. So I bought something 10 or 12 years ago, and I continued to get catalogs. And I got a catalog five or six days ago, and I looked at it. And I saw something, because I, I can't help myself. I went to the um, 50% off winter overstock there stuff. You go. All right. And I saw yep. something I liked, or I thought I might like. And it was I see where uh, this is a going. pair of heavy lounge pants. Mm. And this has to do with the fact that I had my heart set on a few months back, lined chinos that I could wear in in snow and cold. By the way, by the way, Washington, D.C. Oh, yeah. Not quite blanketed. On the board, though. But lovely. The first snow we've had of the season, as they say, decorative snow, less is, than an inch. But is it measurable? I, I think, well, you got to go to the airport and find out. It, in, in my backyard, where it landed on a chair... There was about two tenths of an inch. I mean, this is the perfect Looks amount. And, perfect and amount. has no yes. impact it was on the road. Gorgeous yeah. driving over here. No this impact morning. whatsoever on the road. So let me go back to so so. I wanted. I had my heart set on these line chinos, but I didn't get them for one reason or another. I didn't get them. So I saw these things that said. You're heavy, avoiding my eyes. Heavy duty lounge <laughs> pants. for one for one reason or another. <laughs> So heavy, Michael didn't get the pants. So heavy-duty <laughs> lounge pants. Are these the old man winter lodge corduroy pant? They're not corduroy, no. Oh, these, they've corduroy. got a lot of nice stuff They're in here. They're not corduroy. So this is the one I wanted. It was 50% off. It was going to be 50 bucks. I call up. Oh, I see him. I get somebody on, on the line. I get somebody on the line, finally. And I was on for like three minutes before I got somebody on the line. I think if you're in the business of selling, you ought to like get to the, the calls. 
And I'm talking to her and I said, well, how much is shipping? And she said, well, probably $15, depending on where you live. And I said, I live in Washington, D.C. She said, $15. I said, well, okay. You're certainly so, not meeting the threshold for free shipping with that. No, not, not for one pair of pants with $50. No, and I'm still, but you got to check around. I'm still in. Yeah. I mean, I'm still in because right. I want these things. Mm-hmm. They come in three different colors. My preference in colors are dark blue, gray, and then military khaki. Military khaki is not something I want, but... So I say to her, this is the size, this is the inseam, this is what I want. And, she, and I said, I'd like them in blue. And she said, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have any left. I said, okay, um, well, then I'd like them in gray. And she goes, well, I'm sorry, we only have the short ones. Mm. I said, oh. And I said, all right, how about military khaki? And she goes, no, we're completely sold out. Good. And I say, I, I just got this catalog, and I'm calling you with a reasonable amount of time, within four or five days. And you're all sold out? I mean, why, then why is it? In, and she said, well, there's millions of people that, you know, that call and we're sold out. Is there, and then it's always, is there anything else I can do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a couple of full price so options helpful. for you. you know, yeah, you've so been I, so helpful thus far. So I said, no thanks. So that was, that, that was annoying is a wrong word, but I mean, you Unsatisfactory. know. I mean, yeah, I, they're offering them, but they're, they don't have them. It's like going into I don't want ice. to wait eight months for them to come from, you know, on a ship from someplace. <laughs> yeah, no, th- this isn't even about an inventory issue for you. This mm-hmm. is there's something that they're offering at a price that is now in that is now, you know, something that you want. want. To, you want it. I think I'm getting a deal. Yeah. I'm not getting a deal if I don't get the product. Where on the catalog, the catalog is the phone number? Because I so would never, tiny. it would never occur to me to call. <laughs> it is so okay. tiny, and it's yeah. not on every page. Okay, no, no, because no, you're facile with the internet. Right, right. I Am just, I, when you said Michael? You, can you explain? No, Am yes, I? I'm familiar I, with that. Your... Might, the DMV might come up? Uh, I think in your next story. No, no, no. Not going to talk about uh, that. No, I'm not. But it worked out great because Michael and Liz are great on the internet, and you're great yep. on the internet, and I'm not. This, but, this but is the generational divide. It is, is on, it is on every page. The phone number. It is? I, I, no, I'm asking. It's, no, I don't think Just so. Just on the back, like below yeah, the address? Yeah, like it was on the back. It was really I tiny. wouldn't know where to look. I, and it was in tiny type. Yeah, they don't yeah. want you to find that. They certainly don't want you <laughs> to call. They don't want you calling call. them. Yeah, they don't want you to call. Given that you're on TV most afternoons, I'm surprised at the amount of time that you have for these types of phone calls. In the evening. Okay. When I'm done eating. Just open up a Pinot and start yeah, leaning yeah, through yeah, the... Yeah, that's right, customer here's, service. Here's the good product. Dialing time. Here's the good product. Well, I was going to say... Now, this is not the, the colors that you wanted, but I did find a lo- lounge pant for you. Would this work? No, that's a striped <laughs> pair of pants. Yes, no. yes, not the, yes. I saw those. Right. Yes. Yes. I, will, going I out, will pay full freight for those <laughs> and shipping. Going out to walk the dog. It's, that's what it's for. It's, it's the, yeah. North, the North Shore ombre <laughs> lounge pant is what you need. It looks like clown pants. Yeah, I don't Genuinely. want Genuinely. Look at that. I've, Look at that. No, I will not wear that. It's like the John, <laughs> that's the John Daly signature model. Oh, my gosh. Those, I, are, those are half price. I don't care. They only come in one color. <laughs> so this is the good product. For many years, although not in recent years, not in the last three to five years, but for many years, as Michael can tell you, I would buy a box of that from Uncle Jerry's Pretzels. Oh, yes. Now, I'm told that Uncle Jerry's Pretzels uh, sells in retail stores, not the retail stores that I've been to. Available at your local Whole Foods. So I didn't know that. But I always got them, you know, I called up. I had a phone number. I called up. I gave my credit card. And I always buy the same ones i always buy 
extra dark because oh, I like good. pretzels that way. Extra dark, low salt. Low salt, sure. And and they were a little cheaper when they were already broken. And this is this is a point of contention with Michael. Michael, please give your opinion on this. I, I think you're basically taking their trash can pretzels <laughs> off their hands, paying for them, and doing so happily. Right. Now, I never knew there'd be so many types of pretzels that you could buy. The ones that I get at Whole Foods, admittedly, sometimes they are too salty. But when you get them off the shelf, they start to break on their own. And then you get the lovely mixture of... The saltiness just mixed with the crunch. Well, I like them broken first because if they're going to be broken, you may as well do it. And it's cheaper. (laughs) And it's cheaper. Yeah. Okay, it's a couple dollars cheaper. So I call up and I leave a message and I say who I am. I say I've ordered before and I'd like to order again because I I really want... I've gone to a lot of supermarkets lately and I can't find pretzels I want. I just can't. And I know I want these and I don't... My reluctance has always been they come in... Boxes of six. You get six bags. And six bags is a... That's a lot of pretzels. You know, a you, lot. You know, now they stay good for six months, but six bags is a lot of pretzels. I get a return call from a young woman who is talking to me and asks me what my order is. And then she says to me, well, uh, you know, we're pretty happy with the Eagles around here. Now, this is a clue that I know means she knows who I am. Right. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the pretzels are made in, um, in Amish country because mm-hmm. all the pretzels... So, well, we're... She says, Uncle Jerry, who's her dad. Oh. Uncle Jerry, who's her dad, is from Philadelphia, lives in Philadelphia. Now, a lot of those products are Philadelphia. Sure. And pretzels, as you know, yeah. from four years at Penn, pretzels in one form or another are a big deal in Philadelphia. Huge. So we begin to talk about Jalen Hurts and the season we're having and so on and so forth. And I say I sort of like the 49ers. This is before the game. Sort of like the 49ers, but the Eagles have had a great season. I think Jalen Hurts should be. And we have this very pleasant conversation. And she sends the pretzels. And enclosed is a note. And this is, this is the wonderful part. Welcome back to Uncle Jerry's. Here's an extra two bags to keep you going through the games. That's great. Boom. Isn't that fantastic? That's just not signed. Yes. It's not signed. Did it include a soundbite that just went E-A-G-L-E-F-L-Y. <laughs> I thought it would be Eagles. Eagles. No, but now, isn't... Now, that's what a company should do. Yes. The if two, they have you on the list from way before yeah. and you come back, why do you come back? Because you like the product. Yeah. You've come home. Were the two extra bags they sent you brokes? Yes. Oh, I was sort of hoping wow. they'd be the, the yeah. regulars. Yeah. Well, maybe they were and they broke into <laughs> no, there is a, there is which a is signif- your theory. There is a significant price gap, it's like two I've bucks noticed. Per. It's uh, nice. Yeah. And it's, they're going to be broken. And look, so I, do, you, do you really like the difference in taste or do you just like no difference they're $2 cheaper? There's no difference in taste. Cheaper, so you're like, yes, I'm not supposed to save the money. The, yeah. There's sure. no difference in taste. They're pretzels. They're hard pretzels and they're really good. For those people who've never heard of Uncle Jerry's, I'm just saying just go to their webs. I don't. They, you know, go to their website. They have, no, a, I didn't. they have a nice website, and as Michael pointed out, available at your local Whole Foods. Well, I've never set foot in a Whole Foods. That's well, right. You never will have problem. So yeah. I don't know about that. Can I do one more thing? This yes, is sure. of a very personal nature. This is about your air fryer? No, I don't have an air fryer. I'm aware of that after your weekend trip. <laughs> I, I don't have an air fryer. I brought back French fries, and you put them in your air fryer, and they were really good. Mm-hmm. You can but then you got, ma- you got you mad at me. Your wife something. got mad at me because no, I threatened to put of- fish in there. Chris, is it appropriate to, to bring back pre-cooked fish to someone else's no. house to reheat? No. And so no. I just oh, the showed smell. you the fish. That's like one of those workplace rules. Yes, don't put fish the in the smell. microwave. Never. I just, did I, ask, I didn't uh-huh. ask you to do it. I just showed it to you. I came home and put it in my own microwave. Slab a fish? 
Well, it was it was like from like fish an and animal? chips. <laughs> it was from fish and chips. It was battered. It was very very, you know, he went substantially out to battered. Mom did not finish her dinner, and their waiter had the suggestion: Do you have an air fryer? Or no, most a lot of people have picked the up. The waiter air said an air fryer changed his life. Now he's only nineteen, so <laughs> you know it's a Nate. lot of potato skins. <laughs> Nate, you know. So go ahead. No, just so you you threatened to bring over this uh, piece of fish, and we agreed. I brought could... over the piece of fish. I I didn't threaten Here's when Liz fish. said I'm no do it. fish in the microwave. I said okay. Good how job about by French Liz. fries? Yeah. And and the air Defend fryer the made the French fries good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Because when I put the French fries, and I still have some left. Of course I, you do. Yeah, I eat for six or seven days. Yeah, like a bird. <laughs> when I put the f- French fries in the microwave, they get very, very soggy. soggy. Yes. Yeah, no, it doesn't That's work. That's why you need an air fryer. Yeah. Well, I didn't have... At the very least, try, not like, only I try it on convection. I heat. don't. Might want to pre- pick one of those up. They're yeah. not very expensive. Can you register for those? Yeah, put it um, on your registry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be, be fine. fine. <laughs> That'd be so great. Can I just say one other thing? My dentist has sold his practice. He's not just my dentist. He's Nigel's dentist, too. Oh. He sold his practice. Yeah. My tooth fell out the other day. I have it in a bag. And I made an appointment. And they canceled my appointment for yesterday. And they gave me one for tomorrow morning. And my dentist won't be there. He's not the dentist anymore. I'm going to walk into a new dentist. I I have... Can I be honest? I have apprehension about this. Sure. Sure. I mean, when you get a dentist... I had a dentist for over 30 years. When he put his fingers in, and, and his equipment into my... It didn't hurt. Yeah. He was... Gr- I believe he's great. I believe he's great. Yes. And he's not available to me anymore because he sold his practice. And I'm walking into a new... How do you at my age... Not even just at my age, at your ages. If you haven't... It's, it's different with a doctor in the sense that we are more attuned to going to specialists for various things in medicine. Right. In dentistry, it's like... One size fits all most of the time. They can take care of most everything. When you have a dentist for 30, 35 years, how do I find... I don't know how to find a new dentist. I don't know. No. How would you it's go about... It's disconcerting. Yep. Well, it's putting his hands in your mouth. As you recall, I had not been to a dentist in like 20 years. And I was like, I had. I ended up having to have a root canal. And I said, can you recommend somebody? And you recommended... Dino. Yes, yes. And and The great uh, Dino. Yeah. And he was fantastic. And he recommends the great... Anastasia Vyshenko. Vyshenko, yes. You know, who's great. <laughs> yeah. But I, I may call her to get a recommendation for somebody. I, and Michael... You, this is not the first time that this practice has been sold. That's right. It's, that's, it's amazing that it's been this, this many years. Over I would 30... Say you've, you've trusted your dentist. I would trust his recommendations as to who's taking over the practice. Uh, or I would just say, try and find a place that has easier parking. Yeah, parking is a bit of an issue over there, isn't it? If I, if I went on the air and I said I have chosen medical professionals because of the issue of parking, <laughs> I'd be laughed off the air That'd and be, with justification. But it would be true. Be very on brand. <laughs> but it would be true, would, would it not? Very yes, on would, brand. Yes. Just, but I, I know the parking over there. Yeah, it's, it's miserable. That's enough. Um, <laughs> but I will miss him as well. That's, that's yeah. sad news. So we'll take a break. Well, I'm, I'm happy for him. Yes, very He's happy going for to be him. a professor of dentistry at his alma mater. Yes. Oh, that's he's correct. Correct. Yes. More, ti- cool. more he's a, time to write. Yeah, yes. He's a, yes. And he's, he's he writes a, children's books and, he's, and he, uh, he flies airplanes. Yeah, no, he's, I really like him. Yeah, I'm, I'm very he happy. He plays for him. classical music in the back. I really like wow. him. He's, he's a Renaissance he man. He is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm very happy for him. All right. So we'll take a break. Wilbon, allegedly. I don't know if he's awake. Wilbon hadn't slept in like four or five days. I'm not sure he's awake. But if he's awake, Michael Wilbon will join us. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. 
where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. Tony Kornheiser Show. Jeffrey Raines joins us now, musically anyway. He is a Northern Virginia songwriter. Here are some original tunes. This one is called The Happy Place. You preview these things. Yeah. All these people are good, right? I think they're very good. You don't hear harpsichord all that often no. on songs. Or xylophones. Or xylophones. And we had a xylophone the other day. We did. Yeah. It makes me happy. I yeah, mean, I'm a big fan of this. Yeah, I think it's very good. Jeffrey Raines, he's going to play two songs for us today. This is called The Happy Place. Oh, I like this. It's breezy. Yes, isn't it? I like this. Happy Place. It plays in Michael Wilbon. And I have to talk a little bit about our show yesterday. Every once in a while on the PTI show, I mean, we've been doing it for an awfully long time. And there is a formula to it. And there is a time schedule to it. And I get calls at a certain time. And Mike gets calls at a certain time. And we prepare in different ways. But we usually know what's going to be on the show. And we have an order to the show. And if we didn't, it would be chaos and nobody would watch it, to be honest. But yesterday, there was a certain chaotic element. Because yesterday, we usually, you know, sit down around 4.30, start taping around 4.40. And there was a chaotic element in that at about 4.30 yesterday, really, 4.25, 4.30, Matt Kelleher informs me, and I know he's informed Mike as well, that we're going to change the show a little bit, and we have breaking news. And the breaking news consists of two stories. One is that first, we didn't even have the second one till later, till about 4.40. First is that Sean Payton is going to take the job with Denver. And second is that Tomiko Ryans is going to take the job in Houston. Now, these stories, you know, this is, Wilbon and I are like old um, Dalmatians at a, at a firehouse. I mean, we're ready to go. You tell us there's breaking news in sports we got a lot of background in this, and we both know, independently of one another, that one is a story about whether or not a quarterback can be resuscitated, and one is a story about race. It's as simple as that. And it's exciting. And that's what I'm, I'm going to bring in, Mike. Wasn't it exciting to have sort of breaking news and have to formulate our thoughts and talk about it? Yes, it always is. I mean, 90% of the time, it, it is exciting, Tony. I, yeah, I, I didn't feel the excitement like I would have yesterday. I just, as you know, because you talk to me every day, gotten out of a hospital stay. Right. And, you know, <laughs> you know this. We talked about this. In a hospital, people might say, well, at least you got some rest, you got some sleep. No. No, no you don't get sleep. No. <laughs> it's, there's less sleep in a hospital than anywhere in, in America. They're poking you every two hours. They're it's waking light. you up. Take this. Take this. Let me give, us, give you that. Give us some blood. Give us... And so for six nights, I had no sleep. Right. I had like two hours sleep a night. But you were so amazingly energetic on the show well, I, yesterday. Phone, I, don't know what, I don't know what that was. That was, that was almost it's great. Like, <laughs> it was, was almost like some phony thing. During the commercial breaks, you had to have seen me. It was like I was in a boxing corner and the, they were hosing me down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
yeah. because I I literally I was falling asleep during the commercial breaks. Well, you were just like Larry King. You took your nap in the break, and then <laughs> yeah. boom, you right. were on the air, and you were fabulous yeah. on the air. Usually, I you know breaking news. Yeah, I, I mean that's what we've done. That's what we were trained to do from the time we started studying. You know, and preparing to to be what we were at one point, which is journalists. We breaking news is not something that people are afraid of no. when you are trained to do it and you do it for as long as we did but yesterday man and I, yeah i was the stories we're familiar with come on now we 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 covered the people who were on the front lines of these kinds of things in the case of D'Amico ryan's in houston we've been writing about these people 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 think that like we know tony dungy because he won a super bowl and he He's on TV? No. <laughs> what? No, no. We've been talking to Tony Dungy about whether he was going to be hired or ever be a head coach. We've been talking to people about these stories for 40 years. And so we're, we're, we're up to our neck in, in, in being prepared to do that, to your point. But I was, I didn't even know, you know, and I wasn't tired. I just hadn't had any sleep for a week. And so I did <laughs> When you called me last night and said the show had lots of energy, I was yeah. like, "What? We did. Hey, what? Who are you talking to?" No, you, you, you. Well, this is it. You, we're show monkeys. We hear the <laughs> bell, we go. This is how we do it. I mean, it's how we do it. Let's get to these stories. I was surprised Sean Payton took the Denver job. I and I think I think Russell Wilson's done. I think he's Matt Ryan, and your position has always been Russell Wilson isn't done. Nathaniel Hackett killed him. Yes. Yes, from 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 week three or four, when it was evident that Nathaniel Hackett should not have been a head coach, right? That, that, that his, his and he's look, not. Maybe he'll deserve a, a second chance, sure. But Nathaniel Hackett, he may have all the X's and O's in the world. He, he's not a head coach, not yet, and he surely wasn't this year, this season. And no, I don't. I think Russell Wilson is a certain drop off already. Athletically, he can't do some of the things he used to do. But nobody can at 32 or 33 have taken 10, 11 seasons of hits. But I, you know, all season long, I got to listen to my son who met Russell Wilson actually and posed with him at the Basketball Hall of Fame wow. a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I said, Maddie, you know, aren't you rooting for Russ? And he's like, yeah, Dad, he's a very nice guy. He's, he's done. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he's washed. He's washed, Dad. Your boy Russell Wilson. So we, I got to deal with this every week. So as soon as Russell Wilson goes, you know, two picks and a fumble and Denver loses, and, and, and I got to hear this. Because Matthew and I, that's the one thing, that's the thing that brings me probably the most enjoyment of my life. I, I, my son and I watch pro football together for hours. We're locked in. The man cave, like two guys locked in a dungeon in a, in a octagon, and you know I scream at him if I think he's not learning. He, he knows more about football, knows more about sports at fourteen than I did at twenty-two. But I'm saying you're wrong about Russell. You're wrong. The coach is failing him. He's being failed by coaches, and nobody really wants to say this on all the shows. All the shows that employ all of the really, 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 really knowledgeable people. They employ our network and others. I don't hear people saying this. This guy is failing Russell Wilson, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my 14-year-old son will prove to be right, and maybe I'm wrong. But I go into this now rooting harder for the Denver Broncos than I've ever rooted for them before, 
because not because I love Sean Payton, who I know a little bit, but not that well. Who's a Chicago boy, by the way? Eastern Illinois quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tony Romo. I want as is as is uh, Tony Romo as is uh, the San Francisco kid who won't be the San Francisco Jimmy Garoppolo. Father, Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Garoppolo. Yeah. I I want Russell Wilson to succeed now, based on having a quarterback. I don't think he's washed up, and his Hall of Fame worthiness may depend on a couple of more seasons of coming back and playing at a really high level. Hundred percent, hundred percent. No, you're right about that. You're right about that. What about D'Amico Ryan's? Because like people should know this, the Houston team has fired, has hired two black coaches in the last two years, and fired each one. After one year, and so normally, what you would say is, "Oh, stay away from that." Yeah, but there's a but. There's a but. Well, there's a couple of buts. Well, Houston's also hired like four black coaches. Yeah, Houston is probably. I don't know this off the top of my head. Any researcher in my ear, Houston, the Houston franchise probably had more black coaches than any franchise. Um, and yeah, they they they'll, they get they'll get rid of you. Um, it seemed to me that that team played really hard for Lovey Smith this year. It seems to me. But nonetheless, they hired D'Amico Ryan, so they're very familiar with. He played there. They, they drafted him. They, they, was, they drafted him, and they apparently loved him as a player, as an employee, yeah. as a guy who represented the, you know, that, that, that franchise and wore their colors. They loved him. He played there, I don't know, five, six seasons. Um, and then he goes away, and he has a meteoric rise and a reception as a defensive coordinator with the 49ers. And he got the one thing you have to get if you're going in there and negotiating. Long term, baby. Six years guaranteed. Long term, because they won't they won't fire you. Love me, but you'll get rid of people. You just yeah. They'll give you three years. If they give you six, they'll give you three. So they got to stick with you for a while because they're going to look like the only baboons. That's right. If he goes out there, he goes one and one and seventeen, sixteen because he's just trying to put something together. You're going to build or not. Yeah, well, if you're you if you're gonna you something. Jackson it and go one and thirty one <laughs> in two years, you're not going to yeah. get a third year. But the no. advantage that he has is that he played there and he knows the ownership. Well, I don't know how long the ownership been there. Oh, that's the ownership's been there for a long time. It's father and guy? son. It was father and son. The son's okay. t- the son took it over. Okay, but yeah, All yeah, right. they've been there a long time. Yeah, they've been there a long time. So, so you know, these are you know these are stories that are very different. Um. And they're going to bear watching closely for very different reasons. Yes. Um, but, you know, Sean Payton and Ru- Sean Payton gets a quarterback who we <laughs> – come on. Sean Payton had to play games against Russell. He knows, how, he, knows, he, knows he knows he's getting a professional quarterback. He's not only getting a professional quarterback, he's getting a very smart guy. Yes, he is. The same thing he had in Drew Brees. Yes. A short, smart guy. And yes. maybe he makes it work, right? Maybe he does. I'm rooting for it. So I can just say to Matthew, this is why I'm me and you're 14. Go to your room. I love the thought that your son says to you, your boy Russ is washed. Is washed. I said, really, my happy. boy? Because you were posed up with him <laughs> at the Hall of Fame. What are you, what are you doing here? Let me ask you well, one other you know, question. Let me just real quickly. Go. There's some history in our house with Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson is, you know, at Wisconsin maybe. And he's in his fifth year. I think he's. I think he started in North Carolina State and then went right. to Wisconsin. Yep. He's, yeah. He's at Wisconsin, and was sitting around. So obviously, this is this is ten years, more than ten years ago. And Cheryl Wilbon says, "You know, I know that kid. How do you know that kid? Because I worked for his uncle as a law clerk when he was a senior partner at a firm 
in Raleigh or Charlotte when I got out of school. What? How can you figure that out? Well, I, I know his uncle and his, and his father. He knew his father. And I got pictures, like, at a firm barbecue when I was a summer associate. And I think that's the kid who was running around. He was, like, four years old. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> which, which, when we are as a family and we're talking to Russell Wilson, Cheryl tells Russell that story. He's nodding. He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you worked with my, my uncle so-and-so. He was a senior partner, and you must have been... And I'm floored by this because that story took years to fall, uh, unfall because she wasn't, she didn't, we don't come in contact with Russell Wilson as a family. And it's, it's a true story. She had, she had been around Russell Wilson as a little kid. So I remember this about Russell Wilson because I thought it was fascinating. A new, a new coach came to North Carolina State and preferred another guy whose name escapes me, but who went to the pros who went to the pros, and Russell Wilson went to Wisconsin, having played very well at North Carolina State and did very well at Wisconsin. And I remember reading about him that everybody else in his family had gone to Dartmouth. Everybody else. And he was an athlete, and they were disappointed because he went to play football. <laughs> right. Right? And so yeah, this is Russell's family. Yeah. This is not, you know, so people who think that Russell Wilson is up from the hood. Oh, no, 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 no. So try it, try it, try it again. Right, no, no, he's not. If I'm not mistaken, and I could be mistaken, I think he's that from Richmond. Right. I think he's from Richmond yeah, oh, originally. Yeah, yes, Richmond. That's where that you know that's where the firm was, Tony Richmond. Okay, after you know, yeah, I mean, Cheryl went to Duke Law School, and he went to he, he, he went to some and, fancy Richmond school. Yes, yes, he's and a, it's the same Wilson, school really that smart guy. Bill Hoffheimer went to from ESPN. Oh, really? Yes, and it's yeah. all it's always stuck in my mind. I've always. Look, I've always liked and rooted for Russell Wilson. Yeah. I just think he's done. That's all. He, Tony, he may be done. Yeah. He may be, once again, in, in the parlance of the 14-year-old, washed. Dad, yeah. your boy's washed. But I am now rooting for him as if he's wearing, you know, monster blue. All right. All right. I am. All right. Go to sleep, and I'll talk to you later. All right, Tom. Michael Wilbon, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Doug Ferguson of the AP is going to join us. He's at Pebble. And then I have to consult with my son about questions to ask. I'm Tony (laughs) Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Jeffrey Raines. This is called Where Does the Sky Start? He's from Northern Virginia. We like him. Yes. Michael, if people like Jeffrey Raines want to send us their original music to play, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at TonyCornizerShow.com. So full disclosure, we're about to welcome Doug Ferguson of the AP, a golf writer, uh, to the show to talk about Pebble Beach. It is now 8.34 in the morning as we do this. And Chris just saw on the internet that Tom Brady has retired. My first reaction was, why should we believe him? And you said it's on his website. It is on his website. He says he's retiring for good. Fun fact, he retired last year, February 1st, 2022, oh, so and now he's, he's retiring February 1st, 2023. So good good message. we'll see if it takes. Yeah, it's a good day. So we'll get to, you know, we'll, we'll get to that later, but not on this show. Um, Doug Ferguson joins us. He's at Pebble Beach. This is, Doug, this is, you cover the tour. This is the start of the elevated events, right? This is, these, these become the meaningful events on the PGA Tour. Not yet, Tony. That's uh, that'll start next week. Pebble is just elevated because it's a really cool place to be. Oh, um, we we started we started elevated. Um, well, the first year doesn't really I don't think it really counts because that's all the winners. But but uh, Phoenix next week during the Super Bowl, and then and then Riviera Tigers tournament, the Genesis. 
Phoenix um, next week, the Super Bowl is there, and it's that that par three is the wildest thing in all of golf. It'll be even wilder, don't you think? Probably, yeah. Because you, I mean, pretty much everybody's gonna gonna be there, um, and even if you had a, a, a moderate group of people there, there was still, I don't know, what is that, one hundred fifty thousand crazies on one on one hole, it's... waiting for the ball to go in there to launch beer cans and God knows what else. And now you put actually players that people know. Um, that'll, that'll be intense. They throw stuff. They actually throw stuff. It's uh, do players like that? It seems like they do. Most of them do. And you know, I learned long ago. I've only been to that tournament about two or three times. So we have we have people there. But uh, what I've learned listening to the players is, if it bugs you, they stop going. Uh, and if they if they're okay with it, they go because it's cool. And if they like it, they can't wait for it. There, make- there was a number of people who would, and you would call them old stodgies who would who would say years ago that uh, well, wonder if there's even golf being played well don't come because they've got loads of people who love being there and we're starting to see more and more especially with um i know youtube generation is not really a great word but but just guys who love the social media and and love the uh, attention basically can't wait to start doing stuff on the 16th screen do you let me get to this, and I'll get to Pebble right after this question. Sure. Does this bleed into other tournaments, and if it does, does that cause worry among the people who run the tour? Um, I wouldn't say worry, Tony, but it does, and it doesn't bleed into that many. I think the trouble is is when people try to um, make it bleed into it because it doesn't work anywhere but Phoenix. Right. And I've seen like years ago at the at the Buick Open in Detroit, they used to set up some kind of a. Um, God, it was either a, a margarita stand or something behind the 17th. That got out of control. Honda, in my opinion, which I've been to about half the time in the last dozen years or so, on the 17th hole, it's it's crazy. Uh, they got fans that are just shouting and screaming and, and rude and obnoxious and vulgar at times. Mm-hmm. And the difference between the 17th at Honda and the 16th in Phoenix is they've got water in front of the green. Phoenix has got desert. And I'm watching Adam Scott and Sergio Garcia battle to the end. And they're screaming at the top, or it seems like the top of a backswing. And there's there's water in front of the screen, and you're thinking this is not right. You know, Phoenix, you can still find your ball at some point. Um, and I, and I think that was it became part of a downer for a lot of players. So, at some points, when you get something really cool, um, don't try to copy it. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. So let's uh, Pebble. Look, everybody in America, here's here's what's true. It's very expensive if you want to go play it, but you can go play it. And everybody wants to play Pebble, and everybody, I think everybody loves viewing this tournament. Right? Don't you get that sense when you're there? I missed it, Tony, in, in 2003 when Tiger stopped playing, because that was a thing. If Tiger stopped playing, then, then maybe you shouldn't go. And I'm watching it on TV thinking, I can never miss this thing again, and, and I haven't. Um, it, it, to me, it's one of the few tournaments where, the, the biggest name in the field is actually the golf course, and it's and cause it's not a terribly strong field this year. Uh, but but back in the back in the day, which is probably only about ten years ago, um, Super Bowl's over, and you turn on your TV on the weekend, and it's and you're snowbound on the uh, in the east, yeah. And all you're seeing are these magnificent pictures of the Monterey Peninsula, and it's cool. Saturday wears some people out, and I get that um, if they if they see too much of Bill Murray or any of the other celebrities <laughs> playing. Um, but there's, but I, I think people know Pebble uh, almost. I don't think anyone knows a, a course like they do Augusta, and I think the Players Championship has made a lot of a lot of inroads. And then third on that list to me would be would be Pebble. 
Do the, you know the sixth up the hill. You know the seventh, the little part three yeah. on the water and, and going over the cliff on eight, and and it's cool. Do you mentioned the celebrities and Bill Murray always comes to mind, but there are others as well. Do do the people do the pros like playing with the celebrities, or would they wish they would just go away? The smart ones do, uh, and actually, Tony, to be fair, and, and there's a few uh, more and more smarter golfers than than there used to be. Realize they're not the stars this week. They're, they're playing not only with with celebrities or, or athletes, but they're they're playing with with corporate people who actually shape the economy. That's right. They they realize they're not the most important people in the field that week. And as much one I think is really cool about the tournament too is that as much as as some of these either um, corporate super rich or celebrity whatever you want to call these people get nervous and love playing golf, I, I think the smart golfers are really impressed being being around some of these guys, and it, and it makes for a great week. The ones who, again, going back to kind of your question about Phoenix, the ones it drives them nuts, they don't want to be there, just don't go. And I think that's their loss because if they would open their eyes for a second and realize they can make a lot of very strong connections by yes. the people they meet this week. Oh, yes. I mean, you could be set up for the rest of your life. Uh, Will, this is the obvious question. In the most recent week, we saw in – in where was it in Abu Dhabi? Is that where they played? We saw that PGA Tour players played alongside Saudi Tour players. Will that be the case at Pebble? No. Um, it's it's kind of it's not going to be the case for until the Masters. Actually, Tony, I was thinking about this earlier in the week. The the tour on the one hand has suspended anyone who joins Lib, so right. they can't play a, a regular tour event. Um, Europe, that case is going to an arbiter next week on whether they can continue to play. But the, but the fact is, well, Europe has got so many um, kind of poor fields that no one's going to play them anyway. And the Masters is what's really going to be the, the, maybe the, the biggest mixture. You'll have, I think, 16 guys at the moment, uh, probably closer to about 17 or 18, players who are with, with, the, with the Saudi League uh, blending with with players from the PGA Tour and then and then some Europe and then and then take that a step further. On Tuesday night we have this champ. Well, not we. We can't go, but we have this uh, champions dinner. Yeah, and you're going to have. I'm going to try and count in the morning. But six or seven uh, live guys blending into the room with with non-live guys and a lot of guys who are while still probably still friends are still not real happy about it. Fred Couples is going to be in the room. Fred, you know, Fred doesn't like Phil anymore. Uh, well, close friends. Greg Norman is entitled. Well, he's not entitled to be in the room. He didn't win it, so he's not entitled. No, that's right. Okay. The one running joke they have about Norman, but yeah. Yeah. Well, all right, so let me, let me get to this because I think the news. I mean, we we talked about this on PTI. Although God knows, Wilbon and I do more golf on, on ESPN than everybody combined because we like it. But we talked about Rory. And Reed, who, uh, as we say in the parlance, plain don't like each other, or at least Rory doesn't like Reed. What does that do? Is that good for golf? Bad for golf? What do you make of that? People in golf will be nervous about it, but but the smart people will say this is great for golf because it, it gets people talking about golf. Now, there's plenty of golf fans, but it's not like it, it rules the day every day. Uh, I, I don't see how it can. I don't see how it can hurt, and and there'll probably be more examples of it. Although. The animosity is probably not as great as some people think. And, and frankly, uh, Rory has always pretty much uh, liked Patrick and had Patrick's back on a number of issues um, over, over the years, even though he keeps losing to him. Um, 
but there's yeah they, when you throw in patrick reed and and we were talking about this yesterday if you're patrick who's got pretty close to zero self-awareness uh <laughs> look if you bump into the guy in the locker room or if you see him going down a hotel hallway that's one thing but to go out of your way to the far end of the range you're you're asking for it i mean you're asking for 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 uh, controversy not the right word here for a little contentious behavior um so that was weird. Sergio is going to be an excellent. I mean, Rory and Sergio ran each other's weddings, and and Rory is, is flat sad. He doesn't, you know, they're not friends anymore, and he has no interest in them. So I, moments like that. Yeah, I, I I need to follow up on that in this regard. Rory, of course, has become in effect a spokesman for the PGA Tour, and and I understand that. But not all of these. I mean, I would think, and I don't know Dustin Johnson. I don't. But I would think that he's was friends with a lot of these people, you know, and, right? I mean, and, and how, how do they treat him? He's not like an, he's not like DeChambeau, who's a weird guy by himself, or Reed, who nobody likes. Dustin Johnson seems like a regular guy who went for the money. How do they treat him? Well, I don't, I don't know how much they see him, and I'm 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 further north in, in Jacksonville than in, in West Palm, where a lot of those guys are. Uh, but I've heard nothing but. Um, Good reports of guys hanging out like normal. I'll say this, Tony: there's not a there's not another player at Live who's more dearly missed on the PGA Tour than DJ. Yes, by the by the players, they love this guy, and they continue to love this guy because he decided to take a whole bunch of money uh, that came from the from the PIF, and he's got unbelievable wealth, and his family is set up for life, and he's just playing golf, and he's not bugging anybody, and I don't think anybody's got a problem. I think there's some people who maybe question his decision in terms of what he could have you know, what kind of career he could have left behind uh, on the PGA Tour. 25 wins in this era is sick. And, and DJ's, you know, Rory, I think, is now at about 21. That's really good, and you don't see anyone close to that. Uh, so he left those opportunities behind, cashed in fine. But he's not making any bones about it. He's not bugging anybody, and that's why they love DJ. I think the only ones that drive him nuts are the ones, uh, you know, Bubba yesterday. Um, he's playing the Saudi International, which is an Asian tour event. Kind of a, uh, it's kind of like, spring training for the live guys i think um he was talking about his ability to grow the game and how much golf should be all about travel this is the same guy who insulted the entire country of france when he went over there 10 years ago and never traveled he's talking about how his son is the only reason he likes he likes uh uh golf is because of the the names they have in live golf and and it's just the the dumbest stuff you'll ever hear that's what annoys people if you want to take the money and if you feel like, and, and Roy made a pretty strong point last summer that these guys are not so much cashing in, but they've, they've kind of thrown their hands up in the air in terms of competition. Uh, go ahead. I don't think that bothers anybody. It's when they talk about what, what uh, the force for good, I think, is the phrase Norman's thrown out that, that really gets insulting. Yeah, that's because it's nonsense. Um, I'll get you out of here on this, and I appreciate you coming on. Is there finality in the Ryder Cup? Are these guys going to? Are they going to be in the European? Right? Are they going to play? No, I don't. Well, I just said no. Like I'm, I know all this stuff, but but you know, whether they can attract points uh, and you get points through world ranking and and basically how you finish in European tour events, which which um, they can only play at the moment. Um, why would you want them? And and well, because a guy like Ian Poulter is a great competitor in Ryder Cup and seems to be very popular with his fellow Euros. True. He's also f- going to be 46 or 7 this year. Um, Poulter's an interesting example. Sergio's another one you, you could bring up. But I think when you step back and look, these, these guys that were there on the last team, 
were on their last leg, whether they had Saudi money or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lee Westwood, about to turn 50 soon. Sergio is, I'm trying to do quick math at this time in the morning, 43. Poulter's 47. Paul Casey was kind of an outlier in 45. And they're getting kind of stale. I think uh, to a broader point, which made me say no so quickly, is just the idea that there is so much um, uh, animosity and, and lawsuits that are filed and us against them mentality that being part of that team room and, and, and being one for all during the Ryder Cup, which is such a huge part of the week, I don't see it happening. Okay. Doug, thank you so much for coming on. We hope to do this again. Appreciate it. Thank sure, you. Tony. Take care. Recommended completely by Barry's Verluga. Thanks to Barry on that. We will take a break. We'll have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening, You're listening to the Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's. Tony's mailbag. He got your emails, faxes, and your notes. He's gonna read some mail for all you fools. That's awfully good. That's Tom Goddard. Very good. That's awfully good. Wow, you want to do the Bethesda bagel ad? Bethesda bagels, we love them. You will as well. Everybody gets one going home today. Everybody gets a bagel. (laughs) You get a bagel. You get a bagel. Everybody gets a bagel. Uh, Just go to BethesdaBagels.com. Who gets the locks? Tony gets the locks. In the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you'll be thrilled. That'll do it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say this. Yesterday, Nigel said to me, I, you'll probably get this. And I said, well, what is it? He says, no, you'll probably get it. I said, just give me the, the first, first two words. And he goes, here's my story. I go, sad but true. It's about a girl that I once knew. She took my love and ran around with every single guy. And that's Dion. Dion DeMucci. And, um, you know, that's I know all those songs. I know all <laughs> yes. those songs. Yeah, we went through a number of them. Yes, I know all those songs. <laughs> Thanks to our guests today, Michael Wilbon and Doug Ferguson. Uh, thanks to, as well to today's sponsors, Books and HelloFresh. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I have, a new, I have a new code for you. Oh, go ahead. It's um, not Nerve? It is not. TK Nerve is now expired. This is uh, in, in record. Spy it. You've been talking Spy about it. great Spy offensive it. duos, so we now have the new code TK2Steve. TK to Steve. Yes. Okay. Steve. Oh. Steve Young. Steve Young. I like that. Yeah. Boxes. I used to pass to him all the time yeah. and we send a box. Now that is the number two. That is tremendous for Johnny O. He's so excited. Steve Young is so excited to what? get Johnny O stuff. What was the other phrase Steve told us? If it's free, send me three? Yeah, if it's free, send me three. <laughs> From Mark Schaefer. On Wednesday's show, you played, last Wednesday's show, you played a song by Mind Rip called Edith Keeler. I won't say it was a David Aldrich moment because I don't know Edith Keeler personally, but I was nevertheless pleased to hear her name. See, Edith Keeler was a character on the original Star Trek, played by Joan Collins. In the episode in which she appears, a temporarily deranged Dr. McCoy has gone back in time accidentally and done something to change all of history. Kirk and Spock follow him back in time to undo whatever damage he'd done. There in 1930s New York, they meet Edith Keeler, a social worker running a mission house and serving the poor and unemployed. Kirk, of course, falls in love with Edith Keeler and (laughs) admires her forward-thinking humanitarian vision. However, it turns out that the way McCoy changed history was by preventing Edith from dying in a car accident. She lives to found a pacifist movement that delays the entry of the United States into World War II and allows for Nazi domination of the world. Mm. Chris and Spock realize tragically that in order for history to be set right, Edith Keeler has to die. That episode, City on the Edge of Forever, is generally considered the best Star Trek episode of the original series. And so I just wanted to express my appreciation to Mind Rip for such a deep-cut nerd culture reference. (laughs) Yes, Man. nerd being the operative word. Yes, 
from Sue Heidel in Cincinnati, Ohio. I asked Ari Melber to valet my car once. Full circle, baby. <laughs> Ari Melber. Tony Kornheiser? Yeah. Okay. Larry from okay. Cambridge, Massachusetts. In the bygone days of Pan Am, <laughs> Overseas Flyer could read copies of the Pan Am magazine. Actually, a very good publication geared to regular international travelers. The mag would often have surveys for those hardy flyers on topics like what are the best meals or best beers you've experienced, and then would publish the results sometime later. I still remember one survey that then had the little-known Pilsner Urkel U-R-Q-U-E-L-L, as the best beer in the world. But I think you had to go to Czechoslovakia. I don't think it was Czech Republic yet yeah. to drink it. The meals were a fabulous read. An appetizer at some sort of a five-star restaurant in the shadow of Mont Saint-Michel. A main course of something like Suckling Pig in Segovia, Spain. You get the idea. But the shocker was dessert. It simply read, a dish of vanilla ice cream at any Howard Johnson's in America. <laughs> and boy, did I want a dish as I stared at the rubber chicken on my tray. <laughs> Here's one from Lee Gordon in West Hartford, Connecticut, in Boynton Beach, Florida. With all the recent chatter about Howard Johnson's, I'm surprised the subject of the fire depicted in this photo attached for the viewers on News Channel 8 has not come up. The blaze took place in 1977 at the Hojo's in Limbrook, Long Island, and I am looking at this, and I know exactly where this is. I know exactly on Sunrise Highway where this Howard Johnson's is. This is, wow. Um, from George Olive, hi, Michael. What food processor do you use, and do you recommend it? No, oh, I don't really use a food processor. Sorry. Okay. Huh. From Kurt Sanger in Brandon, Florida. We knew it yeah, couldn't last Cuisinart. forever. When you reach one. avalanche <laughs> forecasting expert, you know the well has almost gone dry. <laughs> and that is Love in Glacier Park, uh, uh, Love in Glacier National, National Park Romance, Hallmark at 8. An avalanche forecasting expert <laughs> heads to Glacier National Park <laughs> to test her new tech, mm -hmm. but faces pushback from the director of Mountain Rescue. wonder how that ends. Can't even imagine, <laughs> but I know they're happily ever after. Can't even imagine. From Tim Creamer. I live in Otisco, O-T-I-S-C-O, Otisco Lake, and since everything north of the Mason-Dixon revolves around Binghamton, New York, we are 70 miles north on Route 81. I don't go there because I stop at Binghamton. I don't go north on 81. It was New Year's Eve and my wife and I had stumbled down to the Amber Tavern for a beverage and listened to the New Year's band. In walked a couple that we knew while trailing along behind them was their daughter, mid-20s, recently moved back to central New York. Her parents insisted she wasn't going to sit at home for New Year's Eve, and so she came down to the tavern. She looked like she just had dental work hanging out with her parents. So I engaged her, and I said where she moved from, et cetera, et cetera. Conversation moved to where she worked. She says, I work for the Syracuse Mets in their promotions department. I said, you do? Hmm? So you're going to have La Cheeserie night this year? She says, oh, my God, you too? <laughs> do you know this guy? I said, no, I don't know Mr. Tony personally, although I know pretty much everything about him, including what type of cottage cheese he likes, his favorite coffee, ice cream, how many plugs he has in his kitchen, and the habits of Chessie, his dog. Yes, we're definitely having that night. We haven't decided on a date, but yes, it's definitely going to happen. So mark your calendars, little, of course, littles. Of course, at this stage, you'll need to block out the entire months of June, July, and August. Well, Specifics to follow, probably a night game, so we need to wear white. From Clint Dixon, and this is, these are all long, but it's long. Dear Dr. Tony, nearly 15 years ago, I graduated university. Graduated university, that means he's Canadian. You know, because that's what you say. You don't say I graduated could, from college. It's not college. Could be English. I graduated the university. Ohio State University. And took a job at Saw Wet Golf Course in Oakville, Ontario, Canadian. Nailed it. Right. A location which now houses some beautiful houses, but sadly no golf. 
At the time I took the job, I could and started on the ground, any job I could, and I started on the grounds crew. I hadn't much thought about wildlife as I biked to the course before sunrise and started my workday an hour before the sun broke the horizon. You need to know this, that in the spring and the summer and the early fall, these guys are there. Yeah. They're there before sun. They love it. Inside, the legends ting off at seven. Yeah, that's right. You can start. Yeah, that's right. Inside that time, several things happened. I cut new holes for the day ahead, feared the day would come that I would be promoted to cutting the greens, <clears throat> reseated tee boxes, and just as I started getting settled with the work, I was spooked by the sound of police sirens. I was aware that the police station ran next to the 12th hole, boarded only by a tall net that deterred some golfers from purposely damaging the squad cars. I shouldn't have been spooked, but I was at this time, unaware that the sirens were tested every morning before the cars hit the road. This made sense. What, follows, what followed next made sense to me only years later after listening to your show. That morning and every morning over the next three golf seasons, a pack of coyotes who lived on the course began howling in response to the sirens. <laughs> I heard rumors of the beast, but I'd never seen one for myself, and I wouldn't for a few more hours. As the sun came up, I was making my rounds, changing the garbage bags at the start of every hole. As I drove the fourth fairway headed to the fifth tee, there they were in the greenside bunker, sunbathing. I was told that the fourth hole received sun earliest and the sand would heat up before the ground, so the coyotes like to hang out there most mornings after a cool night, especially. Don't worry, I was told by the gentleman training me that day. They won't bother you. Sure. <laughs> In the years to come at Solwet, I came to understand that Patrick, the gentleman who trained me, was correct. The coyotes posed no threat and, in fact, enjoyed to watch what was happening on the course around them, though one of the younger coyotes, Jake, we called him, did become a nuisance. Jake liked to play a game, waiting in the bushes for his victim to walk from their cart with two clubs when he inevitably dropped one of them off at the fringe of the green. He would sprint out, claim his prize, and be off, <laughs> at which point a call would come to the pro shop to where I'd been promoted, and it would be my job to chase Jake in a cart until he tired of the game and the club could be retrieved. The coyotes so only ever scared me one time as I played the course alone at twilight. I had a lovely drive off the seventh tee, a dogleg right. I aimed to the right corner, hit a high draw, and watched it sail into the middle of the fairway. I was pleased. As I walked down the fairway, six coyotes walked the fairway behind me. Fear didn't set in, but a realization that I wouldn't win this fight without taking some damage did. <laughs> I pulled the eight iron that I knew I needed to use my next shot and kept walking weapon in hand. As I approached the ball, I slowed, turned my head, and to my amazement, the pack slowed as well. They came to a complete stop, gave me a polite distance to hit my shot, and watched the ball land on the green. They walked with me to the edge of the green, but went no further. I lined up the putt, struck it, and watched it lip out, a tap in for par. I walked off to the eighth tee, and the Coyotes walked off towards the fourth hole, clearly disappointed in my putt. <laughs> Best wishes, Clint Dix. Isn't that fantastic? I, it's a great email. It's part of the pack. I will say, I, you know, before I say what I'm supposed to say when I leave, I will just say this. She did it again two nights ago. We were walking... And there was an ambulance, and you hear the ambulance approaching from a long way off. And it takes two minutes, three minutes before she can see it. She needs to see it. Visual. And with the lights turning around, the red lights, and with the noise, she just, she looked over to her right where the ambulance was coming from, put it in her sight line, continued to follow from the right to the left with her head, and went, ah <laughs> Her ears just perked up. <laughs> Once. And then as oh. it left, one more time. <laughs> she's mimicking you. She is. She's stretching out. You're she's, out on she's... your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. Come on now. 
That means cool everybody out. just cool out. Will you cool out, everybody?
Yeah, yeah. We got to put it together.